0: It's now a three-game losing streak and a two-and-three start for our Miami Hurricanes. I've spent the last 16 hours looking for answers. Here's what I got. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, post-game host on the Miami Hurricanes radio network and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much, even in these hardest of times, for making Locked on Canes your first listen today and your first watch. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So Miami loses again, and I hate losing to North Carolina. Four straight times Miami's lost to UNC over the past four years third straight loss this season. Um, I'm just going to put it out there on front street, bad teams or mediocre teams, whichever way you want to define Miami, they find different ways to lose. This team does not know how to win right now, right? The two wins that they have came against non FBS programs. Miami does not know how to win games right now. Certain ingredients are there. The recipe is not there. This team is just struggling to put everything together and to do the little things, the few plays that it takes that are the difference between winning and losing a football game. Miami is not making those plays. Now, we'll talk about what wasn't the problem against North Carolina and then what the problems actually were against North Carolina. Because when I talk about... Miami finding different ways to lose. This loss was not created the same way that the loss to Middle Tennessee was created. Because against Middle Tennessee, the biggest problem that Miami had was effort. Effort was not the problem on Saturday against North Carolina, right? This team fought until the final seconds. They seemed to have the right attitude out there. An example of that was that amazing play that Al Blades Jr. nearly made. Uh, nearly was the play of the season, trying to keep that onside kick in bounds. Unfortunately, he wasn't in bounds, but it was an incredible effort. You know, then you have a guy that I've been calling to see more of all season long. Colby Young shows up on that fourth quarter touchdown drive, looking like an absolute dog out there. Effort was not the problem. Quarterbacking this time around wasn't the problem. Van Dyke bounced back from his worst career performance to one of his best yesterday okay so it wasn't on quarterbacking Uh, I'm gonna say it wasn't on defense either yes they did give up another big play in the passing game on a blown coverage which you know an individual play that was inexcusable but that defense tightened up big time after the first quarter they put pressure on Drake May they made key stops and key interceptions and they held North Carolina to their lowest scoring total of the season so far The defense did enough to win that football game, folks. So the primary problem, and you can point to a number of different individual players and a number of different individual plays on this, and we'll talk about some of it. But, you know, to paint it with a broad brush, the primary problem in that loss yesterday was execution. So people have asked me this question, right? And and I've seen people asking each other this question because, again, if you look at a lot of the stats, so many of the stats favored Miami. So, okay, how do you lose a game where you significantly outgain your opponent? You hold your opponent, as I just mentioned, to their lowest point total of the season, and that's one of the most prolific offenses in the country. You held them under 30 points, and you lose when your quarterback throws for nearly 500 yards and throws three touchdown passes on the day. So here's how you lose. You lose that game, first of all, by going eight for 20 on third and fourth down. When you're needing to convert so many money downs and you come up well under 50%, that's one of the ways you lose. And when your opponent was over 50% in those situations, by the way, you lose... By getting the ball inside your opponent's one-yard line, inside their one, and failing to score a single point from that, you end up turning it over on downs on that. And you know, on that occasion, that was, I think, uh, equal parts coaching and execution, maybe even more on coaching, whatever. Uh, you lose when – and you, I, I hate to call out individuals, but he had a couple of tough moments in this game. You lose when Jalen Knighton drops a pass on a fourth down Later, fumbles on a fourth down after getting enough yardage to pick up that first down. You lose when some of your receivers don't seem to know where the first down marker is on third down. And yeah, you lose when you can only come up with 41 rushing yards in a game on 1.18 yards per carry against the same North Carolina defense that a couple weeks ago, this same UNC defense. Gave up 287 rushing yards against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Is Notre Dame that much better running the football than Miami? Maybe they are better, but I don't think they're that much better than Miami. This is execution, guys. And for what it's worth, I put this one. I put this 27-24 loss on North Carolina. I put this one about 75% on players and execution and about 25% on coaching. I like the way that the defense – I wish that they would just start games better, but I like the way that they adjusted big time after a rough first quarter, and obviously that's some on coaching, and it's some just on the players for executing it, right, because Kevin Steele isn't out there on that field actually making plays and making interceptions. So players deserve credit for that, of course. Uh, Yes, and on the offensive side, I do have to put some blame on coaching for the red zone play calling, but I also, to be fair – I did like how we finally saw some tempo from the offense. We finally saw more shots downfield, right? Opened up that playbook a little bit. So for as much blame as uh, we, me, you, collectively, we've given blame to Josh Gaddish throughout the year. I also have to give him credit when I do see some adjustments being made. Um, as far as game balls for this one, and again, I, you know, I'm a positive guy. I do like to talk about the things I'm hopeful about. We're also going to talk about the things that went terribly wrong. But if I'm going to give out game balls for this performance, and I do want to do that, uh, I definitely give a game ball to Tyler Van Dyke. I love the way that he bounced back big time from adversity. 496 passing yards, a career high for him. Three touchdown passes. He had one interception late. Um, Obviously, that was desperation time. I did think on that play... They should have spiked the football because you would have had a little bit of time and a fourth down instead of kind of heaving it up there. Uh, that last pass that was INT'd. But I give Tyler Van Dyke a game ball that he was not the reason why Miami lost that game. Okay. I give a game ball to Will Mallory. We've been begging to see more of this guy, and we got it. Eight catches for 115 yards, 10 targets on the day. Oh, I give a game ball to Colby Young, the six foot five transfer wide receiver. Colby where has this man been all season I honestly don't know who to blame for that was Colby just not doing enough in practice Were the coaches too stubborn to play I don't know I don't know but wherever Colby Young has been all season I hope we see more of him from this point forward you remember I put this guy preseason on first team all Dono I've been trying to tell everyone Colby Young can play on one drive he had three catches for 43 yards four targets and a touchdown that was fantastic We saw a little bit of what Colby Young can do. I want to see more of it because we don't have enough of these long, big, wide receivers, right? Uh, Defense, Cam Kinchins, he gets a game ball. Great interception, five solo tackles on the day. Uh, I'll give a game ball to Daryl Jackson. He was awesome. And according to Pro Football Focus, he actually got the best grade on the entire defense for Miami. Had a big sack, had two TFL in the game. And I give one to Keontre Smith as well for a big interception in that one. So when we come back, we will talk more about what went wrong. And there was a lot of it. And also um, allow me to be your therapist. Okay. Because I get it. You lose three games. Uh, And by the way, I thought Miami would lose two games all season. That prediction's not looking good. (laughs) My 10 and two prediction, my 10 and two prediction only took five games for my 10 and two prediction to get blown out of the water. Uh, but I do I do need to lay you guys down on the therapy couch and we need to talk through um, what's happening, what it's going to take to, to get Miami elite again and how, unfortunately, patience is our only choice here. But we're going to talk more about the good, the bad, and the ugly from Miami's 27-24 loss to the North Carolina Tar Heels right after we talk about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home and I feel safe. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it, guys the technology. I feel like I'm living in the 22nd century. I can control my system from my smartphone with the app. I can watch the crystal clear HD live stream of my security cameras at any time. And there's a wide variety of high sensors as well. Folks, simply safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. So, customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com/lockedoncollege to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I feel like I need Simply Safe for my brain after watching another hurricane's loss. I, I have been monitoring my own thoughts for the last 16 hours, guys. Um, so. Again, um, two and three start. It's not what I was expecting. It's not what I was hoping for. But yes, I am still being patient with coaching. I am. When I was hosting the postgame show Saturday night on WQAM in Miami, um, you know, we take texts and phone calls from listeners. And a listener texted in, uh, and these are his words. He says, the football program is run by clowns. And okay, I don't want to use one idiot to color the entire fan base, because I know most of you who listen and watch Locked on Canes are a lot smarter and have a lot more perspective. Because, heck, when you're having such a rough start to the year and you guys are still listening to me and you're still watching, you're the real ones like the real fans are the ones that don't just give up on a team uh, when times are rough, right? Because okay, we all want to celebrate the good times, right? You know, hope and pray that someday Miami is back to glory and competing for national championships. When that day comes, those of us who have ridden the lows are going to appreciate the highs that much more, right? There's something to be said about, listen, jumping on a bandwagon is fine for some people. And it's cool when you inspire a whole city and stuff. But Those of us who are riding the lows are going to enjoy the highs so much more because you build character when times are tough, okay? So somebody texted us and said, the football program is run by clowns. He said, okay, Uh, take a step back from that. Think about it objectively. Since last football season, University of Miami administration, they went out and they hired the Clemson athletic director. They plucked Alonzo Highsmith out of an NFL front office to make him the GM of your football program, a position that didn't even exist before, okay? They get Roland Smith to manage high school relationships and I'm sure help Zoe with scouting, right? You get a head coach in Mario Cristobal who won two conference titles in three years at Oregon. You get the Broyles award winner to coach your offense. And I'm not saying he's doing a great job, but when you talk about ambition to go out and get Gaddis, that was ambition, Okay. You get the most, uh, one of the most experienced defensive coordinators in the country. You have a former Power Five head coach who also has NFL assistant coaching experience coaching your linebackers. Okay. So, uh, and I'm only scratching the surface with what I just told you. So, okay. How can you look at that objectively and say the football program is being run by clowns? Is it possible you're just looking for someone to blame and you're picking the lowest hanging fruit, right? I hate being patient as much as anyone. What other choice do we have? Okay. And I know people have said, hey, Dono, I'm tired of being patient. I've been patient for 20 years. I have no more time for patience. What choice do we have? Okay. And you can say I've been patient for 20 years, but when it comes to Mario Cristobal and Dan Radakovich and Alonzo Highsmith. Um, unfortunately, they get our 20 year long complaints when they've only been here for several months. Right. It it, it may be year 20 of patience for you. It's like month eight or nine for them. Okay, so we have to have perspective and remember that Uh, my former postgame co-host Rashad Butler, who I'm going to try to get back on this show very soon. Uh, He's a former U.M. player he said yesterday on social media about coaching he says at some point you have to stop blaming the jockey and start blaming the horse it's a great analogy because i see a lot of folks talking about miami's blue chip ratio like they have one of the higher blue chip ratios in the country like how can a team with a blue chip ratio of over 55 be two and three on the year well first of all remember what blue chip ratio is okay We define players as blue chippers, four and five stars, uh, based on what they did in high school, okay? Let's not ignore what happens to players between high school and when they become sophomores, juniors, and seniors in college. That's something called development. So, and again, to give you some perspective on this with coaching and why we have to be patient for a number of different reasons the current coaching staff has spent several months with these players. So do they deserve more blame than the previous coaches who spent several years with them? Right. Just think about that. Logically Miami has to start actually developing talent. And unfortunately that clearly doesn't happen overnight, right? Developing talent. Uh, It's going to take unfortunately more than several months to break habits that were built over multiple years and, It is literally going to take years to get the recruits in who have the characteristics that these coaches are specifically looking for, whether it be the type of mental characteristics or just the physical characteristics to run this new offense and new defense. And what I'm telling you, these are not excuses. These are facts, Okay, These are facts that I'm giving you on why we have no choice other than to be patient. And I can tell you that and it doesn't mean I'm content and satisfied with what's going on, right? Did I expect to be better than two and three? 100 freaking percent. Am I disappointed that Miami is on a three-game losing streak and that they haven't fixed their problems? 100% I'm disappointed with that stuff. I just think there's a difference in being dissatisfied with what's happening versus completely giving up on what may happen in the future. I'm not ready to completely give up. I'm very, very far from that. I know it's a powerless feeling, but we have no other choice than to be patient right now. So let's talk about some of Miami's failed execution issues and uh, and how they came up short in two of my three keys to the game, right? Because again, people have been asking, how does a team that outgains the opponent, uh, let me pull up the team stats for you so I have it exactly here, okay? Oh, wait, hold on, I was on the... Uh was on the defensive stats. Okay, so total yards, Miami, 537 to 470. Passing yards, Miami, 496 to 309. And actually, honestly, holding Drake May to just 309, (laughs) that's not bad. Because that dude, I mean, he averages 318 uh, on the year, did coming into that game. Uh, Now, here's a stat that you did lose. Uh, North Carolina, 161 rushing yards to Miami's 41. Miami actually did an okay job with penalties, just three penalties for 28 yards. North Carolina gave Miami some gifts, eight penalties for 61 yards. Miami had 29 total first downs compared to 21. But again, the big money stats here, Miami just five for 14 on third down, not good enough. Uh, three for six on fourth down, whereas North Carolina was seven for 14 on third down, two for three on fourth down. Uh, so a lot of that just tells the story on what Miami didn't do, how they didn't do enough to win this game. And Miami's turnovers were also pretty timely when you consider that that fumble on that fourth down play. So all right, when we come back, we'll we'll talk about some of the failed executions, the specific plays that cost Miami that game yesterday. And we will talk about how the performance on the field did not match our keys to the game right after we talk about bet online, bet online is your number one source for football betting and info this season. It's an NFL Sunday today. I'm going to be all over it at Bet online. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always bet online remains your continued source for all your sporting wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The latest uh, sorry, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. And it is very easy, including Major League Baseball playoffs, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. And from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of my heart, I mean that because there is so much anger. There's so much disappointment. I start to see some apathy setting in, which I hate because I, uh, you know, again, everyone's entitled to their own priorities, right? I mean, I just, I'm such a Keynes lifer. I, I, I can never be apathetic. I can be angry. I can be pissed. I can never be apathetic. And I see a lot of that setting in. So for those of you who are still supporting this program and still supporting this show, I cannot tell you how much it means to me. I cannot tell you how much it means to me because the support from you guys, it's going to help everybody from the football program on down to content creators like me, your support is going to help absolutely everyone. So, you know, I, I went back, I, I like to do this after a loss. I mean, I never like to do anything after a loss, but um, you know, every week before a game, we give our keys to the game. We usually have three or four of them. So I like to look at how the actual performance matched up with our locked on Canes keys to the game. And the first key that we gave out late in the week last week was Miami needs to establish a running game. Nope, they didn't. Uh, And also, you know, we talked about it, 41 carries 1.8 yards per carry, they didn't even come close to establish a running game. And also the running backs were poor in pass protection Uh, because you know, I went back and looked at the pro football focus numbers, like the offensive line, Actually did well in pass pro. They were not credited giving up any sacks. Um, and that's and the offensive line had a lot of turnover, which was unfortunate because that could have hurt Miami in the running game a little bit. But having you know Jakai Clark and Justice and both getting hurt in that game, I think it was on back-to-back plays, which made it even tougher. There was a lot of turnover on the O-line, but the sacks were credited to Jalen Knighton and Henry Parrish, they did not pass protect well. Uh, you know, Jalen Knighton, he had just a really tough game outside of the big catch that he had, which was TVD's first deep shot of the game. Uh, he caught that 41-yard ball from Tyler. Uh, it was It was a tough game for all the running backs. So that was key number one. Miami failed to establish a running game. And then my second key was Miami's got to have a good start and they've got to start fast. Nope. I very specifically said, that if the Hurricanes fall down 14 nothing in the first quarter, those were my exact words. If you fall down 14 nothing in the first quarter, it's going to be almost impossible to win this game. That's exactly what happened. They fell down 14 nothing in the first quarter. And then my third key was. Uh, actually, they did accomplish this one. My third key was I wanted a pass rush and I wanted pressure on Drake May, and for the most part, they did that. It obviously got a lot better after the first quarter, but Miami ends up with five sacks in the game and nine tackles for a loss. Like the defensive line was pretty good. Uh, now May did still put up good stats, but we knew that would be the case. You know, Drake May. He basically gets out of bed on a Saturday morning and he's already got 300 passing yards. He finished with 309 in the game. Uh, I definitely have regrets about that big play that was given up. What was it? A 74 yard touchdown uh, to hood because um, it was a completely blown coverage by Tyreek Stevenson. It was blown so badly that I think he thought he had safety help and he didn't have safety help. Uh, It was pretty ugly. Uh, So again, like the defense was not perfect by any means, but, You hold North Carolina to 27 points. That's the first time they've been held under 30 all season, lowest output of the season for them. That should have been good enough to win this game. The defense, they had some lapses, but they played well enough to win this football game. It was the execution issues that cost you this football game. It was third and fourth down. It was the untimely fumbles and turnovers. So again, um, We're seeing some progress, right? When it came to the effort being back, the passing game, resurrecting. And again, I know North Carolina's defense is really bad. So a lot of people will say that, that, hey, Tyler only put up big numbers because their defense is so bad. Uh, if you didn't see how improved his accuracy and his confidence was, regardless of the opponent, you just don't want to see things. Okay. So yeah, you were going up against a bad defense, but it was still a lot better from Tyler Van Dyke. And it was a lot better by a handful of his receivers. We've got to see more Colby hung. And I hope we keep seeing more of that version of will Mallory, especially because it was confirmed yesterday. Unfortunately, Mario Cristobal confirmed that uh, second-string tight end Elijah Arroyo, who I had really high hopes for this season, and he's going to be great. He's going to have to come back, but his season is over. He suffered a season-ending injury, so that's rough. Um, You know, we did see a little bit more of uh, Jaleel Skinner in this game. He had three catches for 40 yards. Uh, Skinner, who's now the second-string tight end, is going to have to step up big time, and Will Mallory. Is going to have to continue to step up the way that he did on Saturday. So, folks, if again, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, if you just want to be angry at me for trying to be patient, um, you can tweet us at any time at Locked On Canes is the show account. Follow us at Locked On Canes and we will follow you back. You can also tweet my personal at Alex Dono, Dono spelled D O N N O. And I am going to be putting together within the next 24 hours, I usually do it on Sundays, but <laughs> i just i want more time to put it together so i'm going to put it out on monday my post game mailbag for allhurricanes.com. so yeah you can send us tweets to locked on canes questions comments you want us to address and keep them canes related i you know we don't like talk politics or pop culture on it keep it canes related we will be putting together the all hurricanes mailbag uh so yeah i know this is going to be a fun one (laughs) So thank you guys so much. And, you know, we're on to Virginia Tech. We're going to have a full week of episodes coming up here on Locked on Canes. Thank you for joining us as always. And make sure you make Locked on ACC your second listen. Candace Cooper and the local experts take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. Thank you for making us your first. We'll talk to you again on Monday on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.